We're going to get in today, get into God's word today. How many is ready to get into God's word? Yeah. How many is ready just for God to speak to your heart today? I believe God's going to challenge you with some things. I believe he's going to speak to you today. If you have your Bibles or your electronic device, your iPad, your Android, your iPhone, and the list goes on, turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. Yeah. All right, today's message and the title today is called, It's All About the Pattern Today. We're going to talk about just a little bit about patterns today and, and about how patterns can, uh, how God wants us to build um, healthy patterns in our life. He doesn't want us to have, he wants us to build healthy patterns, but he doesn't want us to have these, um, a bad pattern. You see, so many times in our world, we, we look at um, the problem and we want to enforce the problem in our world today, in our culture today, but we don't ever um, give heed to the pattern because the pattern always creates a problem. If we want to know what's wrong with our world today and our culture today, then I think that we need to quit looking at the problem and start looking at the pattern. How can we enforce and how can we create better habits, better, better, pattern, better patterns that will, that will create no problems? All right? How many wants to live in a world with no problems? Yeah. Amen. That would be great right now, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. So we're going to turn there. and I'm going to get there. Just go ahead and tell me. Say get there because I'm already there. But So... All right, so the Bible says in, in uh, Exodus chapter 25, and God's given Moses, he's bringing the kid, children of Israel, he's brought them out of Egypt, and, and God gave Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments, and now we're at this scene where God, you know, what I think is so awesome that God spoke to Moses through a burning bush in, in uh, chapter 3, but then God spoke to Moses in a cloud in this, cha- in this chapter right here. I think it's very unique, very cool that God would speak to Moses. He called him in the midst of a, a, a burning bush, early on in his ministry, and then he's calling him again in a cloud. God uses unique ways to call you people. I'm telling you right now, God will call you in a very unique way. He may call you out of a fire. He may call you out of the midst of a, a cloud, whatever the case might be, but he uses unique ways. The Bible says that in Exodus chapter one it's, or 25, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring an offering, that they may bring an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall make my offering. You shall make my offering. So God's telling him, how, how, how should we give our offerings? With a willing heart. God says, give the, give the offering with a willing heart. So it goes on there in, in verse, verse, um, verse 3. It says, there, these are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and the fine linen, goat hair. All right, how many has goat hair just hanging around your house? Goat hair, ram skins. What about ram skins? You got ram skins hanging up there. Dyed red, another type of durable leather. Asia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragment, incense. All right, go on. Verse 7 says, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and and breastplate. And here's what Moses says, or God says to Moses. He says, Moses, he said, let them build me a sanctuary. Let them build me a sanctuary. So God's saying to Moses, he's given Moses this, this order and this plan. He's positioning Moses and commissioning him to build this tent of me and this, this ark where he can come and dwell among his people. How many believe that God, his intention for our lives is that he can come and dwell among us? He can be our God, and we can be his people. That's what God's original intention was even from the beginning. Remember what it said in, in 1 Corinthians. I think it's 1 Corinthians, I think it's 6th 6, 6 chapter. It says that for we are the temple 
of the living God. We're temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of the living God. Pastor talked about that a little bit last week. How many just blown away by what Pastor, but what God has given Pastor to speak to our house and our body? Just powerful. Recalibrate. It's been so awesome. So God goes on there and he tells Moses, he said, And let, let them make me a sanctuary according to all that I show you. So he's telling Moses, he's saying, Moses, he said, I'm going to give you something that you're going to be able to give to them to help them build the sanctuary. And here's what God, I believe, is speaking to us today. God began to speak to me about this in my life, and he said, he asked me a couple questions. When God asks you a question, you know, sometimes you listen. And he asked me this question. He said, Chris, he said, why do you sometimes, why do you create patterns in your life that need to be broken? And why do you um, get rid of patterns in your life that you need to keep? He just asked me that question one day, and this has been like, maybe like a couple years ago, and I've just been sitting on this word. I've been sitting there thinking about this. It took me two years to figure out what God was saying, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> why are you creating these patterns in your life that need to be broken, and why do you um, get rid of the patterns in your life that you need to keep? I'm like, okay, God, so you know what you're talking about now. So here's what he says to Moses. He says, Moses, he said, according to what I show you, the word show actually means to consider or perceive. So God is actually suggesting to Moses and giving him an ideal thought. He's saying, Moses, I want you to take this to thought and give you this suggestion that I want you to build, I want you to create this, this sanctuary according to a pattern. God is very thorough about creating things to, as a pattern. He created this whole Bible is full of pattern. When he created man, he created according to his image and his likeness. It's a pattern that God creates things. So he says, says to Moses, he says, build it I want to show you that according to your pattern of the, uh, of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, so just so you shall make it. That's all good because Moses is like, okay, God, we're going we're gonna to do something here. We're going to build this. We're going we're gonna to build this place where you can, you can come and dwell. God was wanting to, first he wanted to bring his people out of Egypt. Now God's wanting to be known as their God. And the next thing is, is God is wanting them to walk in a unique identity. He's trying to get his people to walk in a unique identity by them knowing, by dwelling among them and knowing that he is their God and he wants to dwell among them so he can be known of them. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he wants to do in our lives as well. He wants us to build our lives according to a pattern. Do you know that, that we're going to build our life according to a pattern? We really are going to build our life according to a pattern. We're going to build it according to the pattern of the kingdom or according to the pattern of the world. That's, that's it. There's no in-between. Well, I might just, you know, early on in my life, I just kind of stepped over and I was just kind of riding the fence. You know, I was kind of building, building patterns over here, building patterns over there, you know, when I, until I completely surrendered to Christ, completely surrendered to Jesus Christ in my life. Then I started to have to build healthy habits and healthy patterns in my life. But there's no in-between with God. We're either building a, a wrong pattern or we're building a good pattern. All right, that's what, that's what God's wanting to speak to us this morning. So look at Philippians chapter 3. We're going to go somewhere with this, I believe. We're just kind of launching some things. We're taking, on the, taking off on the ramp here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Remember what he said to Moses. He said, Moses, build it according to the pattern. Here's what I believe that God's wanting to do. Here's what, this is what I believe that God wants to do. He spoke to me about this. He said, I want you to build, this, this is the culture. God is positioning and commissioning a culture of people and a society of people that will think like this right here. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven. For our citizenship is in heaven. Not on heaven. It's in heaven. Where's heaven? 
Heaven's inside of us. We bring heaven right here. We have heaven in us. Remember, pastor kind of talked about that. We're bringing heaven right to earth. We're bringing heaven. It doesn't come by observation, all right? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it does not come by observation. The kingdom of God is within us. It's within every one of us that we call ourselves believers. So he says that your citizenship is in heaven. In other words, the word citizenship also means your conversation. Your conversation, your administration, and your government is in heaven. People are going around. I mean, even like right now, in, in, in this hour right now, people are trying to figure out who's going to take care of all the problems. Who's going to take care of all the problems of the world? And everybody's looking this party and that party and this way and that way, and we're pointing it on them, and, and Lord, just let them take care of the problem. No, I believe today that God is raising up a people and a society and a culture that will operate in the reality of the kingdom of heaven. I believe that God is raising up a people that will, that will operate, that will bring the kingdom of heaven not only to earth, but will also know its reality, know what the reality of the kingdom of heaven is. Know that it's a society, it's a community, it's a government, it's administration. That's what heaven is. That's the way we respond. But if we ever want to embrace the problem, if we don't embrace if we don't take care of the patterns in our life and don't address the patterns around in our life, then the patterns will address us. That's really where we're heading right now in society and culture. If we don't address the patterns in our own life individually and don't address the patterns of things instead of looking more on the problem and focusing on what the problem is because we get so wrapped up and so tied up because we want to fix the problem. I'll tell you how to fix the problem. you got to fix the patterns. Because we're looking at objects sometimes to be the problem. The objects are not the problem. It's the pattern on how we get to the problem. Because the pattern leads up to the problem. You see, but God says that we're a citizen. That our citizenship is not, our citizenship is not of this earth and not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. But the church, the local church, what we believe, we've got this, this mentality that what we're doing is in that next part it says that for we are his citizenship... Our citizenship is in heaven for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that what happens is, is, is we just ball up and we say, all we're going to do, we're just going to eagerly wait. And it's okay to wait for Christ to return, but it's time to respond and react to what Christ is wanting to do in and through us. And what he wants to do in and through us is he wants us to address the patterns. God's calling a church, he's calling society, he's calling a culture. He's raising up people that will no longer look for somebody else to take care of the problem, but look at the church, he's raising up people that will address the pattern that's not scared to address the pattern. We could say, well, we can get other laws if we create other laws and that will prohibit people from doing this and doing that and, and all these things. No, that's not the problem. It's the pattern. It's the pattern. That's what it's all about today. So God began to show me through this that not only are we his citizenship, but that we have this government, that we have this administration that he wants us to operate from. So look at me, look with me in, in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're just going to go to another, another scripture here that kind of gives a little bit more detail. It helps us to understand that, that we're not just eagerly waiting for Jesus to return, but God has put something in our laps to say, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Ephesians chapter 2, he says, 
in the first verse, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. How many is thankful today that once you were dead but now you're alive? How many are thankful that you were in your trespasses once long ago but now you're your sins are all washed away and you're, 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 you're all good now. You're all good. All right. So he says here, in which you once, once walked according to the course of the world. According to the course of the world. Here's what God began to speak to me. He said, Chris, I said, Lord, what do you want to tell your people today? And he said, tell my people to stay the course. Remain the course. And the course is not the course of the world. The world has its own course. The Bible even says right here specifically that the, the course of the world, it has its own way of doing things, its own way. If we're ever going to, to, to see the problems, have our problems taken care of, then we have to address the pattern that leads to the problems. We've got to address those patterns in our life. So he says there in that, in that next, next passage there, he said, the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air, because that's where the, the prince of the power of the air, he's talking about the devil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But listen to what it says here. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, God is rich today. God is a rich God. He's not rich just in, in, in wealth of, of finances, but God is rich in mercy. If it's mercy you need in your life today, God is rich. He's rich in mercy. He didn't just give a little bit. He, he, he goes all in when it comes to mercy. God goes all in when it comes to mercy. But God, who is rich in mercy because his great love, with which he has loved us, has loved you, has loved me, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's good stuff. He raised us up. It's not something that we're waiting for. He raised us up to sit in heavenly places. We are sitting in heavenly places with Christ. It's sometimes it's hard for us to get that thought in our mind because we're thinking, well, when I get there, yes, I'll be, I'll, I'll be in the presence of God. You're in the presence of God. You're in the presence of Jesus. If you have Jesus in your heart today, you have the presence of Jesus in your life. Your trespasses are, and sins are gone. You're dead. You're, you're, you're alive. You're not dead. You're alive. <laughs> you're not dead. but he raised us up to set together in company. That's what the word together means. It means to set in company. We're setting in company right now. We're setting in company together in the heavenly places. What does that mean to me? That means to me, what does that mean? That means that, that everything that we do, that our thinking, we got to get our head wrapped around the idea and the thought that we are setting in heavenly places with Christ. Even in our situations, even in, in the moment of, 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 of conflict and adversity and all these things, we are setting in heavenly places because we're not formulating to the pattern of any kind of worldly system. We're formulating to the pattern that God has already given us because we have the pattern of God within inside of us. So here's in Romans chapter 12, God 
show me a few things in Romans chapter 12, if we'll turn there as well. So Moses, God commissions him, God positions him to build this tabernacle, to build this, this place of meeting. And now we've, we've talked about that we are citizens of heaven. And we set in heavenly places. Jesus says, God has raised us up to set in heavenly places. Now we're going to look at Romans chapter 12. And Paul gives this exhortation to the church. And I believe it's an exhortation for even the times that we're in right now. He said in verse 1, he says, I beseech you, chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, remember God is, God is rich in mercy, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or your proper worship. How do we know what the proper worship is in our life? To present our whole being, to present everything that we are to God. It's a service to God. When we present ourselves to him, we're, we're, we are laying down things and we're presenting our, ourselves to him because we want all of our service to be to him. So he's saying to sacrifice, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to which is our reasonable service, our proper worship. Look what he says in verse 2. And do not conform. Here's what it says in the NIV. I'm going to read it out of that. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That this world has patterns. And God is saying don't conform yourself to the patterns. There's sometimes that we just got to get our heads and our minds wrapped around the idea and the fact that God is saying that he doesn't want us to conform to the pattern but he wants us to make to to make to build good patterns in our life that will create healthy lifestyles. Don't conform. What's he saying when he says don't conform? He says not to conform. The word conform means to shape, fashion yourself, outline. See, I'm just saying today that sometimes we got to set up some boundaries in our life. We got to have some boundaries in our life. If we want to stay away from the patterns of the world, we got to have some boundaries set up. And I think that's wrong. What's, what's wrong with some of society today? That we don't set up any boundaries. And that's why sometimes we see all the problems that are festering because there's no boundaries to anything. The world's not going to set boundaries. But I believe today that God is, is, is positioning and commissioning the church to start setting some boundaries. Not to shape ourselves, not to form ourselves to the, to the pattern of this world. The word pattern means to fashion. We're not fashioning ourselves. We're not putting on the world's goods. We're not putting on, on the worldly things because we're not part. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. I believe God's raising up a culture. I believe this is, this is God's wanting to shift a culture that will begin to think, to recalibrate their mind, recalibrate the way we think that we are citizens of heaven. That we do have the answer to the problem. Remember what happened in John chapter 8 whenever um, the woman was committed or caught in the act of adultery? Remember what happened? They all said the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were all there. The, the teachers of the law, they were there and they say, stone this girl and, and, and that's just the way we're going to do it. You know, and, and Jesus shows up on the scene and they begin to ask Jesus. They said, Jesus, according to Moses' law, we're supposed to stone her. 
But here's the question that, that I think it should be raised in the church, that God began to raise in my, my mind and in in the way that I think is, what do they say? What do you say? What do you say about this, Jesus? I think that sometimes in the church, if we want to see uh, the problems taken care of, then we have to enforce the patterns, but we have to also answer the question of what do we say about this? What do we say about this culturally? What do we say about this in our society? What does heaven say about this? Because I'm a citizen of heaven, and what does heaven say about this situation? What does heaven say about this situation? What does heaven say about this problem? People asked me the other day, said, what's the answer to all this, this, this stuff that's going on right now? What's the answer? What's the answer? I know what the big overall answer is, but I believe it's up to the church. I believe it's up to us. Me and my wife, we just had this conversation even yesterday. I believe what responsibility is on us as a church to help break the patterns. But we will sit back and we will look at all the problems and we'll see all the problems going on, but then we don't enforce what the pattern is. If we don't enforce the pattern, then we're never going to see the problem change. If we don't address the patterns, we're never going to address, the patterns will address us in our lives. He said, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Here's what he says in transform. I like this. He said, be transformed in your character. Be transformed in your conduct. That's what he's saying. When we, when we walk in a renewed mind, the word transform means to be transformed in your character. Be transformed in your conduct. Be transformed in your chain. The change of estimates, our character, is whenever we begin to estimate how our character is, is represented is when we begin to estimate what we want to be a part of. We want to be a part of the pattern of the world. We want to be a part of the pattern of the kingdom of heaven. That's what the question is. What do we say about this? What do we say about all the problems? What do we say about all the problems in our life, all the situations? I'm just going to share a little bit about my life, and, and I can assure you that I used to have some skeletons in my closet and thank God that one day that I was dead in sins and I, in my trespasses. But I remember I used to have a perverted mindset. I used to have a perverted mindset. I used to go to strip clubs and, and strip bars and, and all these types of things. I used to have an alcohol problem. I used to have an anger problem, a very bad anger issue, very bad like a fighting anger issue. I still struggle at times. I'm just not there yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. But to every one of my problems, there was a pattern. God began to show me that if you want to take care of the problem of anger, then you've got to enforce and you've got to go to the pattern. If you want to take care of the problem with alcohol, then you can't hang out the same places that you used to hang out with. You can't socialize with the same people that you used to socialize with. You can't go to the places that you used to go. Somewhere in there, we got to enforce the patterns in our life. We got to break the patterns. We got to break the patterns. We got to see the, if we want to see change in our marriage, then sometimes we got to break the pattern. 
Sometimes, men, we have to, we have to um, think about some of the things that we may say to the ladies. Sometimes we just have to change the way that we think, the way that we word things, our language, and all these things. It's a pattern. If we can break the pattern, then we can see a change in our problems. I think that's the answer. I really do. He said, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's the mentality that God is wanting to create. He's wanting to create a culture that will begin to think that heaven is not something that we're waiting for. That heaven is something that we've already obtained. Jesus is not something that we're waiting for, but Jesus is something that goes with us every single day in our life. Look at 1 John chapter 2. We're going to talk about some of these things that, you know, I know that some people may be sitting here this morning, maybe thinking, well, that's kind of contradicting because uh, Jesus said, or in, in John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I even had that thought too. Well, God so loved the world, then why, what's, what's so wrong with the world? He said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the world because I created the world. I made everything in the world. I'm talking about the ways of the world. What Jesus wants us to do, that's, I think that's the pattern. It's not the world that's wrong. It's the pattern in the world. It's the ways in the wrong. It's the view of thinking. It's the way we think. That's wrong. It's the, it's the ways. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. Anyone that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The, world, the word world simply means the ways of the world. If we're following after the ways of the world, the love of the Father is not in us. That's what he's saying there, that the world has ways. And he said it in these three categories. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, the ways of the world. That's all. These things are all the ways of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Remember in, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus Christ. See, I think that one of the greatest components one of the greatest tools that the enemy has, if I'm ever going, to, ever going to give him credit today, one of the greatest tactics that he has is temptation. The enemy will tempt us with evil. He'll tempt us to get us out of our place of citizenship. That's his goal. That's his strategy is to reel us out of the place of citizenship and to get us to think not like heaven any longer but to think like the world. That's his strategy. He'll get us trying to think about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and all these things that go along with that. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was hit with some of these same issues. The Bible says that he was led up into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. He fasted, and he went up there, and he was led up by the Spirit. And the devil just happened to come. The Bible says, when the tempter come, came. Can I just address this morning that it's not a matter if the tempter comes to your life. It's a matter when the tempter comes. It's a matter when. 
We can't sit back and say, well, he's never going to come to my house. This was never going to happen in my little community. This was never going to happen. I think sometimes that's, we take the back seat on things and we don't think of things thoroughly like we should. So anyways, Jesus, he comes and, and the devil, first of all, he shows him, he says, Jesus, if you're the son of man, he said, make these stones here and make them become bread. How many knows that story? First thing Jesus said is it is written. It is written. That's the pattern right there. It's written. Jesus came back with the pattern. He broke the pattern that the enemy come against him with. The enemy come against him with a pattern, but Jesus came against him with a greater pattern. That was the word of God. He said, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. Not a few words, but every word out of the mouth of God. The second thing is he took him up on a pinnacle and he told him, he said, Jesus, throw yourself down. He said, if you throw yourself down, if you're really the son of man, he said, the angels will come, they'll scoop you up, you won't be hurt and all these things will happen. And, and he was actually reverting back to scripture that that scripture was quoted. So he used the word of God against him. And Jesus said, Lord, or he said, devil, he said, it says not to tempt the Lord your God. Not the tenth, God. And the next thing he came, he came, and the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms of the world. He said, if you want these kingdoms, he said, bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, no. He said, no. He said, I, I, I love the Lord. It's all his. So in other words, what Jesus was saying was, is if you see, you'll see the comparison here. The comparison in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All three of those things Jesus was tempted with, just like we are. I think that sometimes the temptation comes in those three categories. All the temptations that we go through, I think that sometimes all of those sum up in those three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I know this is heavy. The Bible says in Matthew, John 6, 14, it says, what's it say? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God has an escape for you in the midst of your temptation. It's not a matter if we're tempted, it's a matter when we're tempted. We're going to be tempted to believe. Today, some of you are going to be tempted to believe when you walk out of here that you did not receive the healing that you went forward for. Some of the things that you've been asking for for your marriage and asking for and, and asking for for your children and, and believing for, some of those things, the enemy is going to try to tempt you to believe that it's not going to happen. But I come here today to remind you and declare today that if you will stay the course and you'll remain in your citizenship, that God will see you through. God will see you through. If you'll respond with his government, his administration, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The Bible says in, in James, it says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tempted, he will receive the crown of life. Will receive it. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. How many believe today that just agree with me this morning that sometimes endurance is a long time? 
It's not just something that we do, endure through one moment, and then we just, we just put endurance to the side. But it takes endurance, man. In this life, it's endurance. Being a Christian and being a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ and disciple, it sometimes requires a significant amount of endurance. Sometimes. All the time for me. You guys are way better than I am. But when the tempter comes, there's temptation that comes. Here's what, here's what he says in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. But what I like about this is Peter, or, or the enemy, the devil, he actually had to ask Jesus if he could sift Peter. You see, what I want to point out today is one thing, is that, that God will never tempt you with evil. The Bible even says, don't ever say that God's tempted you with evil. God will not. There's no evil in him. God will not tempt you with evil. God might test you to see the validity of your faith. So he tells him, he tells him here, he says, Simon, Simon, he said, indeed, I'm just asking this question. Would you want to know if the enemy is going to come to sift you or not? I mean, really. Is it something you'd just rather the enemy just show up and do? Or would you rather God just say, hey, the enemy's getting ready to sift you? I don't know. Some things are left, you know, I don't know. But I'm saying today, he says, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. The word sift means to examine. I believe that the enemy wants to examine our lives. He wants to examine the places of access that he used to go to. that he used to belong in the place that he had the foothold in your life, the enemy is going to try to come back to those places in your life. The enemy tries to come back in the places of my life. He tries to get me to revert back to my old ways. He tries to get me to revert back in the midst of temptation. It's in that moment of temptation. Remember what temptation does. It's kind of a, a pattern. A man is tempted whenever he's drawn away by what? His own lust. A man is tempted. It ain't the temptation that did it. It was when the man was drawn away by his own lust that we were drawn away by our own lust that we were tempted. Stay the course. Stay the course. Here's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I like what it says. Remember what Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed, that Satan has asked to sift you. Here's what he says. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common, is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Have you ever heard anybody say this, this, this scripture? They'll say, they'll say, God will never put on you more than you can bear. You know, I have a problem with that because I've been looking at this scripture and I never see that where God put anything on anybody that they could bear. What I see in this passage of Scripture is it says no temptation has overtaken you. No temptation has overtaken you. And then he goes on, he says, except such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. By what you're able. God knows what we're able to do. He knows what we're able to do. But I like this next part. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. God trusts us that we would have enough faith in him to know that he is faithful in the midst of our temptation that we would know that there's a way out. 
There is a way out. There is escape from temptation. We can keep our citizenship. We can keep our citizenship and our minds to know that we are citizens of heaven. Even in the midst of temptation, even in one of the, the greatest strategies of the enemy is to get us to lock in and buy into lies that are not even true. Temptation. Jesus said, or it says in Hebrews chapter 4, 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. I like what it says there. It didn't say as we were. It says as we are. We are tempted. We are tempted. I believe that some people here today that you're tempted to walk away from your marriage today. You're being tempted to walk away from some things that God is saying, hey, I put them in your life today. I put them in your life today. And I'm saying you don't walk away from them because I've given you an escape. But you just said that the weight is too, too heavy and the weight is too much for me to carry. And I just hear God saying to you today just what he told me to tell you to stay the course. Remain the course and not the course of the world, but his course. His course. How do we do it? There's six ways I want to give you today. Six things. First one is we got to abstain. We have to stop entertaining unhealthy patterns in our life. In other words, quit doing it. Quit doing it. That's easy, right? Quit doing it. The next thing is we got to fix. What do we got to fix? We got to fix our mind and our heart on Jesus Christ. These six things I think is paramount right now for you to have healthy patterns in your life. If you want healthy patterns in your life, you want to build a, 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 culture, in, a culture in your life that, that is healthy with healthy patterns, this is it right here. Abstain, fix, meditate on God's word. Not just reading God's word, but meditating on God's word. What's God's word say? Hey, I'm a citizen of heaven, so I get, I get that firsthand knowledge. Next one is watch and pray. Remember when they were in the garden, they were praying? Jesus told them to watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Temptation's going to come. He said, your spirit, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. And I believe that some people in here, you're saying the same thing. That you're saying that my flesh is weak, but God's saying my spirit is willing. My spirit is willing. Exercise. Exercise. That doesn't mean join a gym. Although I am a gym owner, I'd love to have your membership. <laughs> Exercise. Discipline. Self-control. You want to stop the pattern of anger? You got to quit putting yourself in situations that you're going to respond the way that you don't want to respond. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. Well, I didn't mean to hurt that person. Well, yeah, you did. God reminds me, I didn't mean to say that. God says, yeah, you did. Because everything that proceeds out of your heart comes through your mouth. What's in your heart displays what comes out of your mouth. It was already in your heart. You got to exercise. You got to self-control. You got to discipline. And the next thing is you got to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. You got to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's a pattern. That's a pattern that God wants for our lives. Six things. 
Abstain, fix, meditate, watch, exercise, and be filled. That's not a hard task. It's not a hard task. I believe God is, that's, that's, the, that's the position and the commission that God wants from us today. If we want to see the fix for our problems. Maybe God's not speaking to you about that. Maybe he's speaking to you about something else. Maybe he's saying, no, he's wrong. I, the problem is I know how to fix the problem. When you fix it, let me know how that works for you because what God's been speaking to me is my problem is my patterns. It's the pattern of anger that leads to other things in my life. I've got to address them patterns in my life. So let me ask you a question today. Ask you a couple questions. What are the patterns in your life that you need to break? What are the habits? What are the patterns that you need to break that contribute to the overall problem? And what are the, the patterns that you're walking away from, that you're letting go out of your life, that you need to keep? This is all about health. It's all about health of your soul, of your mind, of your, your heart. God cares about, he cares about our patterns. He cares about what the patterns that we create in our life because we are what we allow and what we create.